Okay, let's start off with a little question on the parsha. It says, "Vayiu chayei sara meyashana veyasim shana veshavashanem shnei chayei sara." Why does it say the words "chayei sara" in the beginning and the end of the pasuk? So, Yaakov Kamenetsky's atzal says in Emesa Yaakov, the reason why it says double lashon is. that the Torah puts the Misa of Sarah near the Akedah to tell us that it was because when Sarah heard about the Akedah, her Neshama left her. Now you might think that it was the Akedah that caused Sarah to die. So the Torah tells us that 127 years, that was that time that Sarah was supposed to leave, to live, and that was what was set when she was born. And the Seba that Hashem used for her to end her life at 127 was that she would hear about the Akedah but she was supposed to die at 127 anyway but it was just this, it was just the means Hashem used for her to end her life and there's a story that the Chazanish said over in the city of Brisk it was a very rich man he was very rich by, by slowly working his way up in the foresting career he Chopped wood, sold wood, bought more forests, bought more forests, bought more forests, kept getting bigger and bigger until he owned almost all the forests around Brisk. One day there was a huge fire that turned the forests around Brisk into ashes. And he was no longer very rich. He was very sad, actually. He lost everything. He was always muttering, Ay, the forest, the forest, I lost my money, Ay, vey, the forest, the forest. Now, the town, the murder of the town was, was, was the base of Levy from Brisk. And he heard him mumbling about this. He said, you should know. You're not allowed to say this. You have to believe, Vemuna Shalema, that it wasn't because of the fire that you lost your money. It was supposed to lose your money, and therefore there was a fire. And that's the end of the story. A beautiful Litvish Maisa. It's always good to talk about the Litvish Maisa, especially when we're going to talk about Shaduchim, because Shaduchim affect people different ways and some people have lots of Litvish Mices eventually they find their Bashar but it could be in the Litvish way also sometimes it's you know they gave money and did this and that I got a bracha and boom right sometimes they give they did I know someone actually I was the someone said Shira Shirim for two and a half years for someone else and that person my sister said Shira Shirim for me for two and a half years and you know what happened nothing then we stopped to something else, whatever. Eventually we got married. Nothing to, no, I don't know, nothing to do with the Shira Shirim, nothing to do with the Perak Shir that we said, but we said Shira Shirim for two years, two and a half years, and it was good. It was important. But it, it, didn't, it didn't magically, you know, there was, no, there, was no, there was no ending to the story. And on the 497th, no, that's not two years, um, and on the thousandth day that we said Shira Shirim, we got engaged. It wasn't even true. I don't think that happened. Anyway, the subject of Shaduchim is only mentioned a few times in the Torah. One of them in this week's parasha. That's why all over the world people give their Chayisara Shaduchim speech. And I don't want to be left out. So I'm going to give my Chayisara Shaduchim speech. <clears throat> so when Chayisara, Avramavinu calls his faithful, faithful servant Eliezer and gives him a mission to find a wife for Yitzchak. Eliezer immediately sets out to Charon for his mission. Upon arriving in Charon, Eliezer asks Hashem for guidance in finding the proper wife for Yitzchak. He says, Let it be that the girl, Hanara, 
to whom I shall say, please give me some water so I may drink. And the girl replies, I'll even give your camels a drink. That's the one who's for Yitzchak. That's the one who's for Yitzchak. So let's, let's, let's look at this for a second. Eliezer was given a tremendously important task. He was choosing the second one of the imams. And he defined a balas chesed as the singular requirement. Now I understand that having a limited set of needs is a very important lesson in Shadachim. It's true, and you shall learn that from here. But I want to focus on a different aspect. Even though that's a very important thing. Some people's lists are way too long. Like the person who once called, who told my grandmother that she was once called about a Shadach, and the person was asking this lady if she knows what type of light bulbs the girl used and what type of tablecloth. And the lady, being my grandmother's friend, promptly hung up on this person and said, I cannot help you, I'm sorry. If those are your questions, then you're beyond my help. Anyway, so as... So this is this was Eliezer's requirement, right? But he's choosing the one of the emos. He's choosing the person who's going to be continuation of the chain of Klal Yisrael. How can he just have one 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 thing on a list of requirements? What about a personality? What about a rashkafa? What about a family? The future of Klal Yisrael is riding on this decision, and all he picked was one thing. How does that work? So to explain his minimal requirement, I'm going to present an idea that I think I heard from my Uncle Matal. I think it makes sense. It's his type. It was regard, it's, it's regard to, to Shaduchim. The Gemara in Saita says, in the name of Rechanan, Kasha lezevugim kekriyaz yamsuf. Shaduchim is as hard for Hashem as kriyaz yamsuf. So let's think about it for a second. There should be one problem coming to your head right now. Uh, what's the question? How hard is anything for Hashem? Hashem is infinite. Hashem can do anything. So nothing is hard for Hashem. Hard is a human limitation. Nothing, nothing gets hard for Hashem. So that means Kriyas Yamsav is not hard. So it's just as hard as Kriyas Yamsav. So there's many, 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 many Pshatim. Many. We're not going to go into any of them. It's hard the one I want to say. That's quite obvious, right? So what does it mean it's hard for Hashem? It's not hard for Hashem. So what's Rebbechanan telling us? Rebbechanan is telling us a very, very important point. He's telling you that for an individual to find his or her spouse independently is as challenging as splitting the Yamsuf. It's impossible for a person to split the Yamsuf, even for Elon Musk. He can't even make the Hyperloop yet. So imagine trying to split the Yamsuf. It would require a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work, and it probably wouldn't work. Okay? Think about it. Uh, you know what I'm saying. How hard is it for Hashem, though? As he pointed out, it's not. So here's Rabbi Yechonah's message. The key to matchmaking is trusting in Hashem because Hashem is omnipotent. Hashem can do anything. However, if we think it's solely up to us, we may as well attempt to split the sea. For Hashem, it's not hard. But for us, it's kasha kriyas yamsav. Hashem can split the yamsav like that and Hashem can make it find the shidduch like that. But if we think it's us, then we're going we're gonna to be, we're going to have it hard. So Eliezer understood this concept and he also understood that Hashem expected to do a shtadlis. Therefore, Hashem, Davin Hashem, presented a trait that he thought would be the right for Yitzchak, Yitzchak Avinu, and he knew Hashem would take care of the rest. So that's one point. But I can't talk about Shazachim without sharing you my least favorite joke in the world. Really not funny. When I got engaged, it was around Pesach time, it was my family minute, three of us got married um, right after Pesach. Um, yeah, three. 
Yeah. And one guy I met right before. So there was some people who I bumped into who very, very, very important for them. They shared this really hysterical joke, which I don't find funny. They said, oh, you're getting married after Pesach, so it's enjoy your last year of Cheres. Right? Because it's Avdes Cheres. It's very funny, because whatever. Yeah. He missed the point. Totally missed the point. He totally missed the point. This is what I think could clarify what his mistake was. So, around Hanukkah time, it was Hanukkah, and I was in Yerushalayim and Yeshiva, and we were getting into a cab to go to a Hanukkah Masiba by Rebbe's house on Saratskin. And we get into the cab, and what do we do right away? We turn to the cab driver and we say, Manishma, because you have to say, show him that you know some Hebrew. Um, we didn't know so much Hebrew, but we do, didn't know how to say Manishma, and he said, oh, you want to know Manishma? I'm going to translate, because I can't possibly say the story over in, in, in Hivrit, as the driver did. You want to know Manishma? I'll tell you what, what happened. I'll tell you a story. I was giving a ride to a Rosh Shiva with a long white beard. I don't know, a few days ago, a few weeks ago, I don't remember how long ago we said. A long white beard. And I turned to the Rosh Shiva as we were driving and I said, Rosh Shiva, I have a question. I want to know. Please explain to me, Gan Eden and Gehenim. Explain it to me. The Rosh Shiva looked at me and he said, You bore Amaaret Shaita. You foolish cab driver. Don't bother me with these silly questions. Just drive your car and get on with it. So we were like, Oh boy, what's he going to do to us? What's he going to say to us now? Rashiva just insulted him last week. What are we going to do? The cab driver's like, eh, don't say anything. Quiet, listen. I was fuming mad. I was burning mad. I was clenching the, 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 the steering wheel with all my might. I was about to punch this guy in the face. I was going to punch him. My hand was, was quivering. And Rashiva looked at me and he said, That's Gehenim. That is Gehenim. And when I realized what he did, I started, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, I wasn't going to punish you. I, I, I understand now, I realize, oh man, it's all so clear. He goes, that's Gan Eden. That is Gan Eden. The clarity of knowing exactly what's going on is Gan Eden, and the confusion of not knowing what's going to happen is Gehenim. There's, there's, no, there's no comparison. The joke doesn't fit in at all. Knowing what's going on, when you have that clarity, when you finally get married, that clarity is cheres from all your worries over the past hundred years that you had about how you're going to, what this, that, what you're going to compromise, all your worries about Shadduchim, oh, she's to this, she's to that, she's, he's to this, he's to that, look what he did, look at that, look at that, right? You're zillions of questions that you quaff up as you go through the process. Sometimes they get rid of that girl you're going out with, the boy you're going out with, sometimes they, like, you continue on, you're worried, you're worried, you're worried, and then at some point you get this clarity and you decide to go for it, and, and Mr. Shema works out, there's nothing, that's, there's, no, there's no freedom, like the freedom of knowing what's going on. That's so much so, it's not Shiva compared it to Gan Eden. So just know, daven for clarity, right? The best bracha for anyone in Shadduchim is, if it's the right one, it should go quickly. If it's the wrong one, it should go even quicker. Take, take a poor message from Eliezer, that the short lists are fine, as long as they're reasonably short lists. The silly things are not important, they'll work out anyway. Know it's all Hashem, and daven for your clarity, and know that clarity is, is on some level, and, and don't worry about people who tell you bad jokes when you get engaged. Just say, nod, smile, say thank you, right? And that's it. And that is what I have to say about Shidduchim, and you've just heard Eliezer's Guide to Matchmaking. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Bye-bye.